broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. My niggas flirt. I'm throwing tigers on my shirt. And alligators. Uh-huh. You want to see the inside? Huh? i see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow. Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. They come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, ah, big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch, the milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch, 88. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, my corner, my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man.
I was young, I had two pair of leads. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh -huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh -huh. While niggas flirt, I'm slowing tigers on my shirt. And alligators, uh -huh. you want to see the inside, huh? I'll see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh -huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place, play your position. Uh -huh. Here come my intuition. Uh -huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh -huh. Here comes respect. Cruise your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, I big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean, loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch, the milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson. Sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson. Like my dick was missing. To protect my position. My corner, my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the phrase, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. <sighs> All right, guys, what is going on? What's up, guys? Yeah, man, what's going on, guys? Um, yeah, we got a uh, we got a pretty interesting week of uh, television to talk about. We had uh, an episode, a pretty decent episode of AEW Dynamite. Um. 
last Wednesday. Um, we had a pretty mm-hmm. decent episode of uh, Dynamite. Um, pretty decent episode of Collision. Um, and then for WWE, uh, pretty a pretty okay edition of SmackDown. We got the answers to we get the follow up to uh, SummerSlam um, with Jimmy and Jay um, and the Bloodline uh, and uh, some interesting news uh, going into their story and kind of how that's going to progress or lack thereof um, going in the future. So that should be interesting um, and. Uh, and then tonight, tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw wasn't, wasn't bad. It just, um, it was just boring as fuck. Yeah. We've seen, um, we've seen, yeah, it just felt very rinse and repeat. Um, we definitely seen worse this summer, but yeah, I mean, there was, um, it, it didn't really feel like there was too much big stuff going on tonight other than like the reintroducement of uh jd mcdonough into the whole judgment day story which uh definitely adds another layer and makes that a little bit more intriguing it's also a little weird to kind of see damian priest start to argue with uh Rhea and dominic uh as we've mm-hmm. seen in the beginning of that show so it's almost like we're starting. It's starting to it's starting to come true, bro. Um, and it is not the right decision. Um, it, it it is. I I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm I'm I, I I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it again. I'm just not not feeling a not feeling a Damian Priest babyface run, as you guys know. Um, if you know you've been listening to us, you know uh, how we feel about that. Finn Balor should absolutely be the one going on the baby face run here um but other than that dude Monday Night Raw yeah it just it felt just direction pointless kind of tonight yeah I mean definitely yeah it wasn't I mean it wasn't uh it wasn't some of these other summer Raws we've gotten where they're just the most ridiculous thing on the planet but i mean it definitely wasn't it definitely wasn't last week's it was definitely a step down from last week's i mean it wasn't like i said it wasn't the worst monday night raw um nothing 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 too uh absolutely atrocious happened on the show thank god there uh, there obviously was some things but i mean that's gonna be every monday night raw but yeah man uh yeah uh for me for me man it just felt uh incredibly uh directionless and Maybe not directionless is the right word. I guess pointless is kind of the right word. Just a lot of nothing happened tonight, to be honest. Other than, like I said, reintroducing JD McDonough, uh, mixed with a little bit of the kind of Drew McIntyre teases we got. Definitely, man. Those teases were interesting with him, man. Um, think he's gonna end up turning heel. I mean, that's yeah. the only direction you can take his character. So, um. I hope that goes well. It's good to see J.D. McDonough back in this story. I like his inclusion in it. I might not like where they're looking to go with the overall story. But, um, but, um, for now I'm, I'm digging what they're doing. It's, it's not been bad. It's been pretty good. And, yeah, other than that, Raw was fucking boring as shit. Fucking, God, Becky Lynch and interest Stratus, man. <laughs> Triple H was fucking right. That dude... People wanted that on SummerSlam. 
I I thought we fell asleep during the fucking during the Rousey match. Oh dude, we would have passed out if this match was on SummerSlam. But um yeah, pretty boring night overall, man. First Raw I get to watch in months and it was fucking boring as fuck. I fucking knew it was gonna be, man. But as for the rest of the week, I it wasn't it wasn't bad. Dynamite was pretty fun. From what I remember, um SmackDown had some good shit. And uh, Collision was, it's been Collision, man, it's been, it's been great, man, it's been great. Uh, Mr. Phil backstage might have not been so great lately. <sighs> I can't wait on Friday. What do you guys think I got the Hangman shirt on today? I was going to ask you about that. I, I did what I wore it on purpose, because that's my boy, and I'm not going to let fucking good old Dr. Phil fucking... Do what he's doing, man. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that, man. I really can't. But um, any subliminal yeah. messages in my wear today? Huh? Hmm. Subliminal messages. We might get to it in um in the dynamite review when we talk about dynamite, man. But um, no, 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 no. You, you might th think a little harder on it. Huh? Wait. Uh, I, I am stupid as shit. I'm still waking up from that fucking main event. Could you repeat the way you said? Oh, I said any subliminal messages in, in my choice of shirt today? Uh, yeah, look at your shirt. Give me one minute. I don't see you live. Give me one minute. It's all good. Give me one second. Oh, eh. Two people that, that um, are facing CM Punk in different ways. Also... You know. No. And, uh, and he's facing CM Punk. But what else did he do that I'm a huge fan of? Oh, yeah, Twisted Metal. Ah, ding, ding, ding. Man. But anyway, I'm sure we'll get to that in the intro. I definitely got a few things to say about that. But, um... Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Hangman shirt. I had a feeling you did that on purpose. Um, but, um, <sighs> Phil, it's not looking good, bro. Um, <sighs> especially today, what was coming out today, bro. That's, that's fucked. That is fucked. I mean, what are we doing here, bro? Uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely, we got a lot to talk about. We definitely got a lot to talk about on Friday. Um, the situation itself is, is not, not good. Um, if, un, uh, you know, unless they're feeding things to the dirt sheets, um, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if CM Punk is trying to entice these guys to try to pull this feud out of them. I don't know. Or I don't know if he's just, I mean, like, on, like, honestly, like in in all in all honesty, bro. Like in all honesty, man. It just it it seem it just it seems really screwed up, and it seems it just seem it it almost seems like he's kind of bullying the fucking poor guy, Hangman. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just like what what are we doing here, bro? Like when I initially when you know when you initially showed me the clip of of uh, his post collision promo. I was like, okay, all right, like to pick up the mic and, and, you know, say what you got to say, um, you know, that's not really anything, you know, too below the belt, 
So it it might just be you know a little bit of a little bit of poking the bear because the elite have been teasing being on collision, you know, and then he teased their their the heart, the spirit, and the soul catchphrase. So it's like, all right, cool. Like this has to be. Yeah, like at this point, no ifs, ands, or buts. This has to be a work now. This has to be a work. They got to be starting something. Because if it's not, oh, dude, shut it down. Fire his ass. Do it before it's too late. If this is not a work, because that is because that, from not to not to you know blow a load for Friday, but from what I've heard. It could be, you know, a work. They could be feeding the dirt sheets wrong shit. Or I heard CM Punk is just doing this to, like, start the feud. Is to, like, get the company to actually do this feud. But, like, eh, you gotta go for Hangman, bro. You can't just teach shit in general. You know what I mean? You just gotta go for Hangman. He said one thing to you. And how many receipts have you cashed? And how many has he cashed back? Well, he tried to. In a match, but um, you were too scared. So, um, oh, good old Phil, man. God, God, it's been a fuck situation, man, already. Um, and I, I saw they put Dolph on BTE too. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler was on <laughs> BTE today, apparently. That's funny. Good. That is hilarious, dude. This better be a work. If it's not, fire him. I don't care fire dude the, see <laughs> that's the tricky part now that's the really tricky part because now you have this guy who is your number one money maker for sure without a doubt now you have an obligation of saturday night that pretty much relies on him as the top star of the show, you can't be doing shit like this. Could you imagine? Would John Cena do something like this? I mean, that's I mean, that's oh, that's, no. that's who CM Punk is, right? He's the John Cena of AEW. He's their number one merch seller. When you whether anybody likes it or not, he's their number one money maker. He is the guy of all elite wrestling. Could you fucking imagine if John Cena was going out there and burying fucking Alex... I'm not comparing Hangman Page to Alex Riley, but could you imagine if... Or, or Wade Barrett or any of those guys that, you know, uh, John Cena unfortunately had to cast the golden shovel on? Could you fucking imagine if John Cena was going on after the shows and fucking verbally burying the rest of the roster? N not... They're some of their bigger stars... Mind you, the people that founded this company. Could you fucking imagine if John Cena did something like that? If he went out there and was just berating, uh, I don't know, Triple H, you know, or somebody close to Vince. Could you fucking imagine? I mean, come on, dude. You. He would have got his ass chewed out. I mean, dude, you fuck. You gotta. And, and now, you know, Sir K mentioned they need to do something before it's too late. That's another key thing. Too late. Too late, right? I want to use that I want to use that phrase into a, a different situation. These boys just re-signed, bro. They just exactly. re-signed. And now these guys, if this is 100% true, um 
Yeah. Looks like it might have might be a little too late to go back on the next uh, three to five years of your career because now you have to sit here and fucking I, I don't know I don't know man maybe maybe all four of these guys are in on this and, and the company just doesn't want to start the feud um I, that wouldn't really make much sense though I would think they would tell Tony like hey we're all cool we're doing this now I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the reason I, I feel like it's not because I feel like if it was, they would have built the shit to their biggest pay per view all in. One hundred percent. That's why I think this is, for the most part, very legitimate, and that's the part that pisses me off. You got this fucking guy, Phil, going on these fucking going on the app off air, just shitting all over Hangman Page for no reason, for no reason, and. Then he's kicking people out of a lot of shows and shit. Like, what I don't give a fuck if management approved it. I ain't leaving until a real member of management tells me to leave. Hell no. I ain't leaving because fucking Pepsi Man made, told me to leave. Until fucking Chris, Christopher Daniels, who's also a head of talent relations, who also got told to leave by CM Punk. Huh? It, yeah. One of the people that aren't allowed at Collision is Christopher Daniels. He was told to leave by CM Punk. Yeah. A, a talent relations guy was told to leave from, for C, because of, of, from CM Punk. I would have told his ass to shove a Pepsi can up his ass. Get the fuck out of here. That's insane. That... Mm. It's getting worse and worse, man. But um, that's a fucked situation. I'm with my boy Hangman on this. I will be till the end. Um, yeah, that's fucked, man. And um, it's it, they better hope it's a work. Cause if not, I'm fuck about collision. That show can burn. And at that case, let it burn. If it's CM Punk, oh well. Uh, Cause the thing is, the only reason CM Punk is this company's biggest money maker right now. It's because of this period that he was gone. Tony Khan didn't build any stars. He didn't. He kind of just waited for him to come back to do big shit. Yeah. You could have, while CM Punk was gone, you could have solidified him. Damn near half your roster. And you didn't. Yeah. It's Tony Khan's fault that CM Punk's the biggest in, in the company. It's nobody but Tony Khan's fault. And he's back there chanting CM Punk quite literally on his return that is scary that is terrifying yeah um i don't know man i don't know he see yeah (laughs) the yeah i i mean this show oh that's what i was gonna say tony khan tony khan um basically tony khan basically um you know saying he had no comment on the situation again not not a good sign bro not a good sign i seen um bell um somebody who's normally here uh tweeted quote tweeted something and said something along the lines of um Tony Khan, yet again, sweeping things under the rug. Dude, you know, if if this shit is real, bro, you gotta fucking... I, I don't know what you need to do here. 
I, I, gen, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what you need to do here, bro. But something, something needs to happen because you. This was the problem the first time, right? This was exactly. the problem the first time. Is this guy comes in here, and I don't know why. Well, I know why because nobody tells him he can't, but yeah. he seems to think that this is uh, all punk wrestling. You know, and that I, I don't, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. Like I said, he seems to think that this is you know all punk wrestling, and that he can do whatever he wants, and it's almost like nobody tells him he can't. You know, I I don't know, man. I don't know, but they they've got themselves into a pretty sticky situation because they made a whole nother fucking show around pretty much around him because he's the guy and the reason the reason this situation for me is a whole lot stickier nowadays is because this show just so happens to be their best show and it just so happens that he's one of the best parts about it so it's fucking i don't know man i don't know don't think i need to be a boss for once and tell Tell Phil, Phil Brooks, no. It's all he has to tell him, no. And I, half of these problems would hopefully go away after that point. He doesn't, he doesn't stop. Then you boot him because that shit can't be going on, man. But um, that situation's been fucked. So um, I really can't wait to talk into Friday about the details, man. But oh man, that 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 was the weekend of wrestling. But uh, yeah. For the week, they was pretty decent this week. Um, and yeah, you know, which is especially weird, which is uh, which, um, golly, what was I gonna say? Eh, I don't know, we'll save it for Friday. Yeah, bro, it, I don't know, the situation is the situation is not good. The situation is not good. No. Oh, th- that was my thing, last thing. Which is especially weird because when he was coming back, we heard that they, um, we heard rumors that there were some kind of deals in place where he couldn't say anything about these guys. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, uh, which, uh, you know, on one hand, you want to say, okay, th- this has got to be some kind of work. But on the other hand, you know, I mean, when we hear it's not, it's just a it's just a really really bad situation but if CM Punk is good at anything it is blurring the lines between reality and and fiction um until we figure out more there's a bunch of shit we have to go over on Friday on de- in detail in extensive detail now you just kind of got the the rough draft um um <laughs> or the pre-recording of it but i don't know man it, it's it's messed up bro but there's a lot more there's Full-on stories we have for you guys in Friday. Uh, for Friday, hopefully something comes out that this is some sort of work, or hopefully they're feeding these journalists that think they know so much bullshit. It would be hilarious as well. Um, yeah. That would be my favorite part. Gen- <laughs> that would genuinely be my favorite part of the story if that turns out to be the case. Oh, I hope so. I fucking hope so. Fucking but, no pops. 
Oh man, it'd be hilarious, bro. But other than that, other than that, dude, um, yeah, it's 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 a messed up situation. It's a messed up situation. But we got we got more coming to you guys on Friday, man. But that's that's the that's the the front that's the front cover of it, man. So yeah, man, let's uh, just go ahead and hop into the intro, man, so we could go ahead and start talking about AEW Dynamite. Um, uh, what was a pretty good week of Dynamite uh, this past week. Um. Uh, but yeah, man, what is going on guys? We're back with yet again, another edition of the Notorious Seals podcast, man. Another great edition of Notorious Unscripted. And this is episode 156 of Unscripted, man. And with that, if this is your first time watching, guys, do not know how the show works. Every Monday we're on here with Notorious Unscripted and every Friday, uh, we are on here at 4 PM central with the news, man. Um, and with that, if you guys did miss this past Monday's edition of uh, this past Friday's edition of the news that is Roman Reigns injured at SummerSlam, possibly injured at SummerSlam, and judging off of the news we got for you guys on Friday, it looks like that's true, but it might not be major, which is good. Um, so we have that, and Paul Triple H Levesque removed. From the board of being removed from the board of directors as soon as we go into the TK TKO merger. So with that, um, if you guys did miss that, that is available for you guys on all platforms. That is Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and if you want to see first, join us right here every Friday at 4 p.m. Central for the news, man. And with that. If this is your first time watching and you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on some of the official Notorious Heels podcast merchandise, you guys can now find this live on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video and in either mine or Sir K's social media pages, man. You got the Chicago flag design. You got the Uncrowned Kings, the IWC design, the Biggie inspired design, the base logo design, the best kept secrets to the IWC, the Riddler inspired design the Notorious World Order design, and the other two versions that go along with the Chicago flag design. You got the Chicago flag design, the classic black and white design, and the Wolfpack red. You got the Grand Slam shirt, the Notorious Scratch logo, and the only community that matters. All eight of these designs, plus more, available for you guys on the merch shop. Again, a link is at the top of the description of this very video, man. And with that... If this is your first time watching, guys, do not know who we are here at the Notorious Heels Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man Sir K here. How's it going, dude? Going good, man. It's going good. Got to watch uh, got to watch Raw for a week. And it was pretty fucking boring. But um, it wasn't bad, but it was pretty boring. Um, I've just been chilling, man. Been a good weekend. It was a pretty good day. Yeah, I've been chilling, man. See, it's been pretty good, man. Been pretty good. Been pretty uh, normal. Normal lately. Um, like Durante always asks, man, whether he comes in a little bit or in the replay, man. Always asked, how's the life? How's the family? Life's good, man. The family's good. How's everybody doing in chat? In the, in the live chat or in the replay? And what about you, bro? How are you doing? <clears throat> Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good. Um, nothing, nothing too much, dude. I mean, we got. Let's see. What's today? Of fourteen. Damn. Well, we got literally one more week 
next week, and then we'll be heading right into All In Weekend, which that's going to be a busy time for us because we'll have back-to-back weekends with with reviews and stuff so that's exciting that's exciting stuff um as always um so other than that other than that man um yeah just nothing too much bro so do you have an update on twisted metal ladies and gentlemen i spent many hours on the cock that being Peacock. Okay. The streaming okay. service. <laughs> um, I spent many hours, I spent many head-scratching hours on there of episodes not working, but we got through it. And I'm currently on my second run. I'm on the seventh episode. Uh, this is my second time watching it. Guys, if you're a fan of Twisted Metal, or if you're a fan of a really fucking good heartwarming story... That's definitely the kind of shit you need to watch, bro. So, um, I I grew up playing the games on the PS3. Um, I I grew up playing the games on the PS3, so kind of had that little correlation here. But like all of all of um all of the show really just clicked everything together. It, it added because you know the 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 characters do have backstory and stuff. The characters do have backstory and stuff, but like there's really no like storylines it's kind of just a car combat game but like this this was um like this added like story to that and i really liked it i really liked uh anthony mackie and uh stephanie beatrice um uh performances like that shit the story between those two bro fucking spectacular and then fucking sandman in uh from spider-man 3 i can't remember his name he plays Agent Stone, so that's he was he, he 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 was a pretty good villain and Samoa Joe, man. I really thought like Sweet Tooth Sweet Tooth was gonna be like a the main character in it. He wasn't the main character, but I like that he wasn't the main character. Um I love Anthony Mackie. Uh Anthony Mack I, I I've liked Anthony oh, Mackie since Eight Mile, um, Papa Doc. But dude, you know how you can ne- like you know how some actors you could never imagine in a different role. Mm-hmm. Like Anthony Mackie, for the longest time, I couldn't see anything other than Papa Doc in him. Oh, until I watched Twisted Metal, that man, that man is straight John Doe for me now. Like shit was fucking heat, bro. This shit was heat. Thankfully, thankfully they set up season two. Um, I don't want to spoil anything because I know there are some people on here. I know Logan, I'm assuming that's on Logan's watch list, so I'm not going to spoil anything. And if our boy Wizzo is listening, I know he was saying he wanted to watch it too, so I don't want to spoil it for too many people. But um, they, they did set up a season two, which I'm so glad because I was hoping for... I was hoping for a certain ending. And as we got to like the middle of the last episode, I was like, I don't think we have enough time to fully tell this. Um, and thankfully we didn't, but I couldn't remember if it was a, if it said limited series or not, as I fucking hate when it's a limited series, because if the shit ends up good and fans want a second season, why would you not give it to them? But whatever. Um, 
so thankfully this wasn't a limited series and apparently it's like peacock's like one of their biggest like binge series ever so i I think we're we're definitely getting a, a season two and yeah shit's gonna bang Shit is going to fucking bang. But yeah, I'm on my I'm on the my second round of Twisted Metal, and I, I think I might dip in for a third. I might have to watch the season a third time because it's just really fucking that good. I said it in my tweet, but um I need to fucking stop talking about this. But I said it in my tweet. Um <laughs> But I'm not too big on like TV shows because like I feel like every other fucking two weeks Disney Plus is coming out with another limited series and, and it's just it, it, like it's 40 minute episodes and it's 15 episodes long and half of them drag. So I'm not really too big into them, man. But to be 100% honest, bro, this is probably one of my favorite like TV series I've ever watched. Like definitely a recommend if you guys if you guys are into that kind of thing and i mean even if you're not man i would even give it a shot too because you know like i said the game doesn't really have too much story other than backstories but backstories on the certain characters bro but if you're it's just fucking fire bro but that's how i've been doing the past couple days um so yeah bro watch twisted metal and samoa joe's fantastic that's a given though but um and Will Arnett, obviously the voice, but shit banged. It really did. Um it's still banging too, because I'm still watching it. But anyway, AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite, bro. Ah. Alright, man. So we opened up. I don't know why people are shitting on this story. I really don't. Because I don't mind this Chris Jericho story at all. Like, people are treating this shit like it's the fucking... People are treating this shit like it's fucking Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville's storyline right now. Chelsea Got Talent or whatever. People are treating this shit like shit, bruh. And I don't know why. It's really not that bad. I've actually been pretty intrigued with it, to be honest. Exactly. I actually really like it. I like where they're going. Um, I like... The path that everyone looks to go on, and if they're all branching out on their own, I really dig it, man. I don't know why people don't like it. Fucking beats me, bro. So, so um, we get the mandatory JAS meeting to open AEW Dynamite. So we get a segment to open AEW Dynamite. I love when they do this too, because they have they uh, AEW has this thing where like they know wwe opens with a segment so they like hate doing it but it's not bad to do it sometimes like it's really not you don't always have to open with a match it's okay exactly especially when it's not orange cassidy that's really refreshing oh my god that's great so we get a mandatory meeting jericho starts to talk jericho uh starts to talk about you know um, he gets talking and he quickly gets interrupted by Daddy Magic. And um was it Daddy Magic? No. Oh, he was one of the last ones. Who was the first one? Daniel Garcia. Sorry. He gets interrupted by he gets interrupted by Daniel Garcia, my bad. And I forgot, Daddy Magic did the introduction. That's what I'm thinking of. Um mm-hmm. So, 
Jericho starts to talk. Daniel Garcia says, you know, all you ever do is come out here and talk. Now you're going to listen to us. So he tells Chris, he says, you know, I really can't even be out here and looking at you after what you did to me last week, hitting me with that bat. Um, he tells Chris, he says, he sa- he says, I, I can't, I don't understand why you are actually thinking about turning your back on us. Um, I, uh, I changed everything for you. I changed the way I act. I changed my music. I changed, I changed who I am. I ripped off a layer of skin for you. And he tells, uh, he tells Chris, so I'm not going to sit here and waste your time, but I'm out. He throws the mic down, proceeds to walk up to Chris Jericho and do his dance in Jericho's face and walk out as Jericho was just looking at him. Um, Dude, that shit killed me, bro. Dude, he walked up to him and just did his fucking little dance. Dude, that, that shit had me dying, bro. I love that moment. Jake Hager then grabs the mic and he tells Chris, he says, you know, after everything we've been through, I really used to like that hat big cheer and he says uh but not anymore and he puts his mic down and he walks off next we got ty conti who said when i first came into this group i was uh super excited to be teaming with you uh but here we are a year later and not so much she says next year I'm gonna uh, have this. Uh, she says next year I'm gonna have this, or she says I'm gonna have this baby, and next year I'm gonna be back and I'm gonna be a champion without you. And she walks away. Um, so that was that. Um, Anna J then grabs the mic and she says, um, "You know tonight is about me, and I'm not gonna let you ruin that." She says, tonight I have to be selfish, and I truly learn from the best. Um, So she says she's out too, and she walks away. Cool Hand Ange then uh, grabs the mic, and he says, You know, Chris, this truly pains me to do this, and I don't want to do this because I love being a sports entertainer. He says he loves being a sports entertainer, and he says the the past the past year of his career has been amazing. Um, but he walks out on Jericho anyway, and he was definitely the one in most distress. He looked like he was about to cry while he was doing it, and uh, then Daddy Magic grabs the mic and he says, um. A year, a year and a half ago, he joined the JAS, and ever since then, his his whole past year and a half has been a complete dream come true in his career. He says um, he loved being a part of the JAS, and he's done so much, and he's fought so many battles for Chris Jericho. That was another thing. Uh, Angelo Parker said he he said he was um, he said he was bleeding 
He said he was bleeding from head to toe, hanging upside down on a cage for a battle that Jericho picked. Yeah, that shit. That shit hit. Damn. And then uh, Daddy Magic, I'm surprised he didn't bring up the line he said in his post-Blood and Guts promo last year, the sign about, or the part about missing his son's first steps for Blood and Guts. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised he didn't bring that up, but what he did bring up, and I really liked, was he tells Jericho, he says, see, I never understood why my, why my, uh, why my wrestling friends, um, couldn't stand you. I could never understand for the longest time why guys like Eddie Kingston, why guys like Kevin Steen hated your guts. Mm -hmm. But now I'm starting to understand. And he drops his mic and he leaves. I love the Kevin Steen reference. Obviously, he fucking hates Chris Jericho because... I mean, that was more for his doing, so, I mean... Yeah, that one was kind of more like fucking Kevin, but, um, love the reference nonetheless, even though it was kind of on that turn. Definitely. (laughs) Absolutely. So, so um, so Jericho's left standing in the ring with Sammy Guevara. Sammy says, from day one, I've had your back, um, and I've grown alongside I've grown alongside you he and he tell he pretty much tells Chris I'm not gonna walk I'm not gonna walk out on you like everybody else did and figure this out if you do and maybe I'll be here and maybe I won't and he puts the mic down and he leaves so this leaves Chris Jericho standing in the ring speechless um as Sammy walks through the crowd so that was that, man. That was the opening segment. And apparently next week, Don Callis gets his answer to the uh, to Chris Jericho joining the Don Callis family or not. So should be interesting, bro. It should be very interesting. But we'll just have to wait and see until next week. But as for that, I really like the opening segment. Uh, I really like the opening segment of the show. I'm very happy they didn't include... Things like uh, Sammy leaving with Ty. I like how they left on their own because they both have separate things they need to say. I like the inclusion of stuff like that for sure. Definitely, man. Definitely. I really like how they did it. That they all had their own reasons. And I really like how it's turning up, man. And I'm really interested to see where this goes, man. Uh, I can't wait to see not only where Jericho goes, but where everybody after this group ends goes. I'm really intrigued. Yeah, man, absolutely, bro. So next up, we have uh, this um, brother tag team kick thing that Tony Khan seems to be on at the moment. Um, we we oh, got man. the Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks. Uh, next week, we're getting the Guns versus the Young Bucks. But um, the Hardy Boys and the Young Bucks here, uh, to be 100% honest, bro, this is the best the Hardy Boys have looked in an AEW ring in a very long time. Jeff looked fantastic here tonight. Uh, he looked great. Uh, he really did. Um, and Matt as well. But yeah, this is the best that the Hardy Boys have looked um, in an AEW ring in a very long time. Definitely, man. Definitely. It's good to see them, you know, actually wrestle. Wrestle. <laughs> Um, and not just fucking just flop around the ring. Exactly, not slug around the ring. But, um, it was a fun match, why not? Um, 
And, you know, there's the continues the brother tag team stuff will continue this week. But um it was better than I thought it was gonna be. It really was. Yes, I, I, a lot I was expecting a full out slug fest from the Hardy Boys. Um <laughs> thankfully <laughs> Thankfully not, man. Thankfully, uh yeah, Jeff Jeff looked very good. Um whenever Whenever he had a spot where he was on the top rope and gets knocked off, he didn't um, completely almost fall to his death like he normally does. But, um, yeah, man, it was very good. It was very good and uh, very nice to see. So, so with that, um, with that, the Young Bucks, uh, with that, man, the Young Bucks pick up the victory. The Young Bucks pick up the victory, man. They call out FTR and before they get even say anything, FTR comes out there. Nick says, all in. FTR raised the championships, and that is the match we got confirmed for all in. The Young Bucks versus FTR, who is the greatest tag team of a generation. I really hope mm. the Young Bucks win so they can yeah. actually get that monotone. I would like that. Exactly. I don't do they need the monotone. Dynamite needs the tag titles, and I think it, that's just the best choice at the end of the day, man. I don't know how good old Phil might feel about it. I don't know. He might tell him to leave the building if here's they're going over. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes, man. We'll see how it goes. I'm interested. I actually can't wait for that match. Uh, fucking Phil. So, yeah, man. Chicago, Phil. Yeah, for sure, bro. So... AEW does like the most pathetic attempt as to why their reasoning for having a fatal four-way match at all in for the women's championship. This is their reason. Some of the greatest AEW women's matches have been four ways. Now this is the matches that they, they present to you. So, you know, the first match is from AEW dynamite January 1st, 2020, we have Riho versus, I don't even know who that is, versus Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. Okay? Oh, That's the first Fatal 4-Way that they... Oh, it's Sheeta. Oh, it's her old gear. That's mm-hmm. why I didn't recognize her. So, yeah. so that was the first Fatal 4-Way. That was the first Fatal 4-Way that they showed. Um, what a banger that was. I'm sure, you know, all of us remember that one. Um, so, so the next one they show is Chris Statlander versus Sheeta versus Riho versus Penelope Ford from the March 18th, 2020 episode of Dynamite. Anybody remember that one? Please stop me when you remember one of these matches. So the next match is Chris Statlander, this is from May 13th, 2020, these are all in 2020, okay, Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida versus Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford, that was the next banger of all bangers that they showed, um, holy fuck, I think there's one more, oh yeah, and then there's September 4th All Out, Hikaru Shida, uh, 2022, Hikaru Shida versus Tony versus Jamie versus Britt. That one was decent from what I can remember. Um, that was the one, obviously, where Tony won the title. And the last one is from Grand Slam, 
2022, Athena versus Brit versus Tony versus Serena Deeb. And those five matches are the reason, those bangers of all bangers, are the reason why we are getting a fatal four-way at All-In. Thoughts? Dude, it, uh, dude, it was even stupider because they said something about how to turn to tra- uh, tradition. And that's all I heard was the word tradition. I was like, Allow doesn't have a tradition for fatal four-way matches. What are they talking about? And apparently, it's the tradition to just have a fatal four-way match in the span of a year. <laughs> I would fucking hope so. I'd hope you mix it up and at one point and have a fucking fatal four match in a year. What the f- what? Dude, I don't remember seeing one of those fucking matches. What? Why, why is this in a fatal four-way? Literally, the only reason to get this in a fatal four-way is to have Survivor win the title. Exactly, Logan. No storylines for the AEW Women's Vision at all, I guess. Fucking boring Sheeta wins the title, and they're already just making up bullshit. What the fuck? And, you know, we thought Tony Storm lost the title because she was going for a movie. But she, she put in her rematch clause, and she's already put in the match. So why didn't she just defend the title she already could have kept at all out and just lose it all out? What in the fuck is this woman's division, man? Maybe Twitter was on something. The only reason I could see them not doing this is because they don't want the outcast to break up. So you would think, you know, if Soraya dropped, yeah, no kidding. If Soraya, if Tony loses the belt to Soraya, even if it's in a fatal four-way, that would obviously have to cause some tension. So that's the only logical reason I can make of of them wanting to get the title off Tony so Soraya doesn't technically take the title from Tony. Um, so the group doesn't break up, but, I mean, shit, I, I wouldn't fucking care at this fucking point. I I would hope so at this point because the fuck is this fucking storyline, man? Oh, yeah. Well, like they're losing this women's title situation, this women's division situation. I don't know, man, but I got something even better for you. So they put together this tournament, the tournament of all tournaments, uh, for the women's championship. The first match of the tournament isn't a match. Because Tony Storm receives a bye. Why didn't the women's champion receive a bye? Uh, yeah, why did she have to fight the match? Like, what? Okay. The next match happened on this episode of Dynamite. It was Hikaru Shida versus Anna Jay for the women's championship. So the winner of that gets put in the fatal four-way. All right. Um, and next is Soraya versus Sky Blue. Hmm. Wonder who the fuck's going to win that one. Oh, the next one's even better. Britt Baker versus the bunny. Well, I guess the bunny's going to fucking going to London, man. I guess so. Oh yeah. No, no way for a big, you know, why have Britt Baker there? No, no way they're going to choose her. They're exactly. definitely going to choose 
the money. What? Ugh. God. I don't know, man. I don't know. Doesn't make any fucking sense, bro. Doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, this this is the tournament they put together. This is the fucking tournament they put together going into all-in for the women's championship. No Athena, no nothing. We get Soraya. Also, it's almost been a year since Soraya did. It's, yeah, 11 months since Soraya debuted in AEW. Why did she barely fucking wrestle on television? Why did she barely fucking wrestle on television? Who is she, fucking Roman Reigns? Yeah, she ain't nearly that fucking good. Tell her ass to get in the fucking ring or or go home. That's the only reason you're fucking here. And I mean, she she could fucking use knocking off some ring rust if you ask me. Fuck. Exactly. Why, why, why avoid the ring rust and you could just fucking wrestle out of it and put her in more matches? The fuck? I don't know, man. I don't know. So next, we get Adam Cole and MJF. We got another bro hangout session, which I got some. I got some bad thoughts coming out of Wednesday, and it's. And I really hope it doesn't go this way because it's going to really sour me out on this whole feud. So so Adam Cole and MJF. uh, Adam Cole pulls up to a trampoline park. He brings MJF to a trampoline park and he's fucking jumping up and down. Um, He's uh, he's telling Max, you know, to watch this and he's fucking doing Uso splashes on the trampoline and fucking bouncing back up and shit. He's asking him, he's telling MJF to watch how high he can jump. He mentions to MJF that they have dodgeball here at the trampoline facility. God, I used to miss going to those, bro. Uh, Good old trampoline park, man. Uh, Fucking missed that place, man. That place was fun as hell. It was, bro. It was. So... MJF starts playing fucking dodgeball with these little children. And proceeds to start verbally burying these kids as he is knocking all of them out with the fucking dodgeball. He's telling them things like, I slept with your mother and you were a mistake. That Adam be your dad. <laughs> Adam Cole tells MJF that he can't be doing this. He cannot be playing this kind of dodgeball with the kids. Some little girl comes up. Adam Cole says something to her, and she gives him the middle finger, and she goes to walk away, and he says, Max, get her, as he fucking throws one last fucking... Pitch for a grand slam at this little girl, and it goes off air, bro. So we got another another banger of a segment. Um, dude, the one shot. Uh, what's up, Durante? By the way, what's up, man? The one shot, bro, where he smacked the little girl dead in her fucking face. Oh God, <laughs> killed that me. Shit, dude, when they did that thing with Adam Cole, I thought he was about to tell um MJF to give him the fucking dodgeball. Um, but he didn't. He just let MJF do it. But dude, that shit killed me. I thought that shit was hilarious, man. 
<sighs> Seriously, bro. We get a um we get a promo, backstage promo from um we get a backstage promo from the BCC. Um it's pretty good. I think they were talking about their match. Yeah, they were talking about their match with the Lucha Brothers later that night. I guess we're just not getting any sort of like John Moxley and Orange Cassidy thing anymore. I I don't know what the hell happened to that. Um, yeah, wasn't didn't really care for it anyway. But I don't know why they bothered to start it. Um, um, so next we got Jack Perry versus Rob Van Dam. Jack Perry came out wearing uh, Jerry Lynn inspired tights as RVD. Uh, and Jack Perry, they had a short match. It wasn't really too long, but RVD looked great, dude. He looked great. Um, he really did, man. I mean, the the fact that that man can do what he does um, at that age it's is insane. insane. It is. It's just crazy as hell. That man was going crazy. And he's a, he's a pretty old guy, man. So that's awesome to see, man. That really is. Seriously, bro. Seriously, he he and um, Jungle Boy, like I said, put on a, a fantastic match. They put on a fantastic match here. It was very good. Um, very good for what it was. It was short and sweet, you know. And it was it was just very fun, man. It was very fun. And like I said, RVD looked very very smooth here. Um. He hit Jungle Boy with the five-star frog splash. Ref was knocked down. Um, ref was knocked down, so obviously that didn't that didn't go over well. And then um, Jungle Boy ended up beating him with a roll-up. So that was that, and he ended up escaping this. Still with the FTW Championship, man. So, yeah, that was that. Definitely, man. Definitely. I'm curious to see how they do it. Oh, what they do with this at all, in man? I'm, I'm curious. For sure, bro. For sure. So next we have Adam Cole and MJF. Better than you, baby. And you? <sighs> Damn. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. So we'll get to it. So. <laughs> I've loved this story. I really have. And I would really hate to see them end it with something so horrible. Um, but they, they did make it look a little obvious here tonight. Um, MJF says, we are in the Midwest. And may God strike me dead right now if I ever said the Midwest was mid so then he kind of curls up and he looks he looks towards the sky um he looks towards the sky him and adam cole kind of curl up and they're looking towards the sky then they get a huge pop so adam cole adam cole says uh he says you know max we are going to be fighting in two weeks for the AEW world championship that i'm going to beat you for by the way so mjf says mjf says um oh i get it you want a little promo battle going into all in he's trying to stop him he's trying to stop him he's trying to say no 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 that's not what i mean 
MJF says you are so you are so little and 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 pale white that if this were the 80s Hogan would have snorted you. That shit killed me, bro. <sighs> bro. <laughs> Fucking amazing. So he then starts mocking Adam Cole, and Adam Cole says, Dude, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't want, I do not want a promo battle. He says, uh, But I do want to tell everybody something. He says, We failed to capture the AEW Tag Team Championships. So. There's another set of championships that I have never won in my career. And those are the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, he says to Max. Uh, he tells Max, he tells Max, he says, so there's this thing on All In called the Zero Hour. And I was thinking, me and you can challenge for those Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships on Zero Hour. So, um, I'm assuming this is AEW doing this to just kind of get a little, like some last minute pay-per-view buys with building the tension with Adam Cole and MJF, uh, which I don't mind. So MJF likes the idea and he challenges Aussie open to a match on the zero hour, which ended up getting confirmed, man. So thoughts on that? Yeah, man, it's it's very interesting to to see how where where this goes, man. Um, thought it was pretty funny the way it started. <clears throat> the way it started off with you know MJF having that promo battle with Cole, where he called Cole the same thing he put on the list of people he wanted to face. Something about you know Adam Cole, my brain don't work no more, or whatever he said. It's the same thing he put on that list that he tweeted out a, a while ago. About all the people he wanted to face. So that was a cool little reference to that man. Um, and yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, and yeah, that's basically all this is. Just I think it's just to grab pay-per-view buys. For, for you know, the buy-in and whatnot. Even though Aussie Open is, is, is the current ROH champ. And you know, we'll talk about the next part in a second. But a certain other tag team is also in ROH. And with them being looking to be slowly included in the storyline, I wouldn't be shocked if they won those titles before before that match at all in. And I hope they don't. <sighs> so. God, Logan. Tomorrow doesn't, he didn't know what the buy-in was. That would have been hilarious. That would have been a great line. Yes. So, what's that? So Roddy comes out there, and he tells Adam Cole, "Like you seriously can't be becoming friends with this guy, man. You seriously can't." So MJF tells Roddy, um, "MJF t- uh, tells Roddy he's getting sick of him, and he tells Roddy, I want you to go and do what all of you generic, bland white people go and do.'" I want you to get in your car, drive home, run up to your room, um, slam the door, hug your pillow, put your headphones on, listen to Taylor Swift and shake it off, you bland bitch. I think that's what he told him. Something like that. Something along those lines. 
Roger Strong's just so pissed at this, and he tells Adam Cole, are you really going to let him sit there and talk to me like that? Adam Cole's getting pissed at MJF. He's getting pissed at Roddy. (sighs) Dude, the... Roddy starts breaking down, and he comes into the arms of Matt Taven, and he starts crying, and... Uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett as Adam Cole is in the middle of these he you know he's in the middle of this pretty much um and he pushes MJF MJF starts to get pissed um Adam Cole says he's sorry MJF tells him to go check on his boy as MJF starts getting really pissed off here um why do I have a weird feeling it's all set up. Why do I just have a really weird feeling? MJF is using Adam Cole's best friends against him, and he's going to be the one to end up leading the kingdom. Yeah. That's disgusting. I hope not. That sounds like other dog shit. Um, die, dude. <clears throat> that sounds ass. I hope that's not the case. I, if anything, I feel like it's the reverse. And I feel like it's could be out of cold. It's like making this happen and telling Roddy, you know, to act jealous and whatnot. I feel like either one of them is going to end up with the kingdom at the end of this. And either way, it's garbage. Because, I'm sorry, I don't care what fucking indie mark... Is he's gonna say about what random matches happened in 2012 with the kingdom? But dude, they're boring as fuck, and I don't give a fuck about the kingdom, bro. If Adam Cole is in a group that isn't the Undisputed Era, I don't give a fuck. I'm sorry, I don't. Sorry, sorry for the indie marks that love the kingdom. I don't. And whether they're with MJF or Adam Cole, I don't like it, man. I don't like it. Yeah, I think that's. Either one of those endings, I think, is the path. Either Adam Cole being the orchestrator or MJF. I don't know what which one is worse. But, um... <sighs> such a good storyline, man. I really hope they don't ruin it by having just a shit-ass ending. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> um, That was kind of the one thing, you know, I, I felt from this a little bit. Um, uh was, you know, Roddy trying to, you know, almost call out Adam Cole. Um, Roddy trying to call out Adam Cole and and getting him, you know, so pissed off. Um, MJF uh, maybe being in cahoots with these guys to just purposely piss Adam Cole off and get in his head and stuff like that. So, man, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting the vibe. I, I I'm I'm feeling the vibe. Uh, I could see either of them ending up with the fucking kingdom. Uh, as after this week, um, I, I can see it being. Uh, after this week, I can see I could see it being MJF. Um, but either way, I, I I don't I don't care to see either of these guys in a group. To be a hundred percent honest with you, um, unless you know, if Adam Cole's in a group, it's the undisputed era. No ifs, ands, or buts. No elite. No undisputed elite. No kingdom. No fucking undisputed kingdom. Nothing. Oh, um, God. <laughs> nothing. 
Nothing like that. I, I don't care to see Adam Cole in, in any of it. Um, even right now, if you do stick with Adam Cole as a baby face, keep him by himself. Keep him by himself. As for MJF, every fucking time this guy gets in a group, it sucks. It fails. Yep. Fucking, you know, the whole inner circle storyline. It was kind of fun at first as it as it drug on and we got to see the actual storyline for what it was sucked the pinnacle mm-hmm. ass one of the fucking one of AEW's biggest fails ever was the pinnacle um the firm garbage sucks this will be no different this will be no different i, I can assure you this will not be any fucking different and as for MJF as for MJF man this guy um I again I said it before but I would I would really look into using him as a baby face. I really would. Um but what they're doing or what it looks like they're going to be doing is fucking giving this kingdom group off to one of these guys. Not the good route. Not a good route for either of them. No, exactly. Not for Adam Cole, because those two are boring as shit, and it will basically be like every other AEW faction. Most of them, where the the core members are really cool, and they just have like two or three random useless members that never leave the group. Um, Or it's going to be an MJF faction, where it's literally just MJF doing his own thing, and there's no reason for him to be involved in that faction at all. Yeah, it's, I mean, all these MJF factions, I mean, the guy just uses them, and then, meanwhile, Please. these guys look like shit while they're in the group with mm-hmm. him. They look horrible. They don't do that. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It does not make any fucking sense, dude. It really doesn't. Um. So... After this, after this, we got uh, the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Lucha Bros as they beat the Lucha Bros and took off Penta's mask and took it with them. And yeah, so that was that was that. Yeah, super fun, man. Don't you just love, you know, the Lucha Bros just. With Alex Overhante's doing nothing. <sighs> Horrible. Mm-hmm. Swerve Strickland and AR Fox and the Mogul Embassy. You know what, man? I can't fucking believe I'm saying it. It's been a long time coming. Up. Oh, looks like we lost Sir K, ladies and gentlemen. As we wait for him to come back. Man, it has been a long, long time coming. But if I do say so myself, the Mogul Embassy looked pretty good. Like, in unison. Like, all of these guys together look pretty good. They look pretty good as as a unit. They look pretty good as a unit. And dare I say... The group 
with the inclusion of A.R. Fox being like Swerve's like right hand thug with his fucking shiesty mask. Dare I say the group may be growing on me a little bit and they have a really good look and they have a really nice looking entrance. They do. They do. Um, For a while, they were one of those groups where I kind of just described where you got the useless members like, um, I always forget, what, what's their tag team name? The tag Case team of in the group. Yeah, they've always kind of been, you know, that to me. Same with Brian Cage. I like Brian Cage, definitely. Just, he does not fit in that fucking group, man. Maybe if he, if he, if they allowed him to talk more, and, you know, he could actually be the vanilla gorilla. But, um, for now, I, I actually like him better with Big Bill. I actually find that fat tag team really fun. But, um, they, uh, the, the main group, those two aren't really growing on me. Um, the Gates of Agony, they're still not really doing anything for me. I, I could do without them. I like the, the look. The group is, They just I, need to make them more valuable as a tag team. No, definitely, definitely, man. But for me, the, even the look, just it, for now, it just it doesn't do it for me with those two. But, um... But the core group I really like, Swerve, has been phenomenal. This is what Swerve should have been like this whole time. Actually, you know, got some stock behind the fucking guy. He's allowed to actually talk and, you know, do cool shit. Um, and AR Fox is really fun in this role, man. Dude doesn't take off the shiesty. I love it. Um, I really like what they're doing with him. And Prince Nana, he's, he's probably the one that's growing on me the most. That I'm shocked is growing on me the most, man. Um, and I really like where this group is going, man. I actually really do. Definitely, bro. Definitely, man. Um, yeah, for me, um, uh, yeah, for for me, um, the Brian Brian Cage is kind of just like mini Sting in there. He's he's kind of just like this guy just trying to be Sting. He's wearing the face paint and stuff, but he he's He's, I mean, I've always liked Brian Cage, but, um, like when the group, you know, acts like, I don't know. I feel like Swerve and, and AR Fox have kind of, um, breathed a little bit of life into the group. I think, um, the way, like, especially like for, at least for this episode, like the way the way uh, Bishop Khan kind of dressed like them, you know, like he swerve and, and air Fox had just kind of got like hoodies and jeans on and he was wearing the hoodie and the jeans. So it kind of just, it made them look alike. And then Brian Cage is just dressed like Brian Cage. And then Toa Leona is kind of just like this, I guess, unhinged Samoan dude. Um, so that is, that's okay. But the group is an entirety. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always, I, I've, Never disliked the Gates of Agony. I mean, they're... I thought they were incredibly fucking boring and pointless. But, I mean, in terms of a tag team, they're not a bad tag team. Um, But, no. yeah, I mean, the, the, the group as an entirety... Um, Prince Nana, Khan, Leona, um, and Brian Cage have just all grown on me. And Swerve, this this is what Swerve should be doing. And fucking A.R. Fox is just absolutely hilarious in this role. Dude, wearing that oh, shiesty, dude. absolutely hilarious. 
24-7, whether he's in the middle of a match or not, he keeps that fucking thing on. And, well, you know, I like how he keeps the fucking the bloody-ass tank top that he fucking assaulted the fucking Nick Wayne's house and just on him at all times. That thing probably fucking stinks, bro. <laughs> like, we still got that with you, bro. Uh, I, I, I'm really liking this group, man. I really like where they're going with it, man. I really do. Yeah, man. So Darby Allen comes out and interrupts them. He tells, he tells, um, uh, Air Fox, he tells Air Fox, he says, you're not telling the whole entire story. I did try to call you when uh, I got hired at AEW, but you never answered. Um, so yeah, man. Um, and Darby told them, he told the embassy, he's, um, he said, I know you guys think that this is five on one, but did you forget that I have friends too? The lights go out, they come back on, and Sting takes out the embassy. He has Swerve in the ring, um, and he puts the bat up to his neck, and we get this perfect shot of him pointing the bat at his neck, and then he slowly moves over to the all-in to the all-in logo. Um uh, thus, getting this match at All In, man. We're getting Swerve and AR Fox versus Darby Allen and Sting in a tag team match at um, All In, man. So, should be should be pretty heat, bro. Should be pretty heat. Yeah, yeah, man. I really like the sound of that match. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for it, man. All, all out. I mean, All In. Um, there is still all out for some reason, but, um, all in shaping up to be having a better card than I really thought it was going to be so far. Um, and I like what they're doing, man, especially with this, you know, um, Swerve and, you know, Arrow Fox, Darby stuff. I really like what they're doing here, man, and I, I can't wait for the match at all in, man. I'm excited. It's going to be crazy, man. You got a crazy-ass thing. And crazy ass fucking AR fuck two yeah, two crazy ass young guys and then two crazy ass old guys facing each other, man. I can't wait. Yeah, man. For sure. For sure, bro. And then in the main event, Akaro Shida beat Anna J. All of the sudden, miraculously, Tony Khan loves giving the women main events now. Oh mm. dude. Fucking... Very fishy timing. Tweets were fucking flowing, and now all of a sudden the, the women made event every, they made evented that rampage, they made evented dynamite, and like none of these matches matter. I don't give a fuck about it. I don't. I don't think anybody gives a fuck about the main event. The people want it is just a story to be told, maybe between at least two people. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be very nice. So, uh, yeah. All of the sudden, and you know, it's not that the woman, it's not that the women shouldn't main event, it's the reason why Ooh. you're putting them in the main event. You're not putting them in the main event because they're, because you're actually putting thought and care into their storylines. It's simply to make it look like the division is thriving, and it's not. It is the band-aid of all band-aids on the women's division. Exactly, man. That's all this is, bro. And you, you need more than Band-Aid. You need to heal the fucking wound. And that's not only get some storylines. Get an interesting champ. 
and fucking break up the fucking outcast. Definitely, man. Definitely. So, uh, Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks comes out on AEW Collision, and they tell him he's suspended from wrestling. So he says he's gonna be at the show because he has a manager license. Um, this is the problem with having CM Punk feud with like three people at once is now because CM Punk's wrapped up with Joe, where does Ricky go? It's almost kind of the same thing for Jay White. Like they were kind of starting a feud with Punk and Jay, but then like it just stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really like the Joe match, but like right now it kind of makes the least Hints to do the Joe match, and if anything, I would have done the Ricky match at all in, and maybe just done Joe at all out if they punked down to do that. But I don't know, man. It's dudes in fucking 12 storylines at the same time on screen and backstage. Yeah, so that was that. The acclaimed get back in the um tag team division. Um, they get back in the tag team division, uh, get a victory over the Iron Savages of um on collision chris statlander and willow lose to uh, mercedes martinez and diamante um samoa joe uh samoa joe is a squash match against andrew everett and he beats him um and then he gets on the mic afterwards and says to punk you're lucky i did you the service of asking at first that will obviously come into play a little bit later um so uh, i obviously he's pissed because sam punk never really answered his challenge um mm-hmm. christian cage and luchasaurus are out there um christian cage is just being christian cage he's talking about how um he doesn't want to be in carolina 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 always breeds the second best of everything. Um, Arn Anderson comes out with Brock Anderson, and this ends up leading to a Luchasaurus and Brock Anderson squash match. Um, we see Arn Anderson with no mention of the guy he was last managing, that being Wardlow. Now he's just out here with his son again, and that's that. Hey. You ever tell a fucking sad ass Wardlow story? I didn't. Apparently, Wardlow, I don't know if it was on an interview or something, but Wardlow said he's been depressed since he's been off TV lately. Let the man go, bro. Me too. Let the, free that Fuck. fucking man. Holy shit. But how do you waste Wardlow, man? God. What a fumble. Fuck, I'm depressed for the fucking guy my damn self. Jesus Christ, man. What the fuck are you doing with the guy? Literally. What a mess. What a fucking mess. Uh, Will Hobbs comes out there talking about uh, the... Jesus. The next chapter in the book of Hobbs, he says, the next chapter is titled Redemption. So he says, how am I going to redeem myself? So he calls out the Redeemer, Miro. Right as Miro goes in the ring, 
uh, right as Miro walks towards the ring for this epic face-off, Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado come out there and they attack him. Miro takes care of them and then he gets in the ring and eats a spine buster from Powerhouse Hobbs. Why? Why why is is QTV a still thing? I don't get any of this dog. I don't know Um, how many times it's going to take for them to realize that anything QT Marshall does, nobody's going to be interested in. It's just how it is. Like, there's one... and. There's one thing from oh he you know he draws heel heat that you know the people don't like and then there's another thing from just being completely fucking boring and nobody cares about your shit man like even a guy like the fucking Miz can get a little bit of re- even when his shit is hot ass at least he will get fans chanting shit back at him like when he was doing his stupid tiny balls shtick Everybody was chanting, at least there was a little bit of participation there, even though it fucking sucked. This man garners no reaction, nothing, complete failure. No. Exactly, man. Exactly. Literally, the only reason he is on TV in the first place is because he was Tony, uh, Tony, fucking, he was Cody's producer friend, and Cody put him on TV, and even with Cody gone, He's fucking still on TV for some fucking reason, man. Get him the hell out of here, dude. Him and that group in can can somebody not make John Morrison a comedy act? Is that an impossible task? Does he have to be a comedy act everywhere he goes? Uh, I fucking guess so, man. Yeah, I fucking guess so too. <sighs> Horrible. So, it's horrible. In the main event, we get the House of Black versus CMFTR. Uh, this one was a pretty good one. Um, some um, CM Punk. We got to see CM Punk and Malachi Black in there for a little bit, which was pretty good. Um, CM Punk did a tope. CM Punk did a tope to the outside to Malachi Black, and as he was leaning up against the barricade. Mr. Sweet Tooth himself, Samoa Joe, comes in and grabs CM Punk by the throat and pulls him over the barricade where the ref can't see and in the crowd is choking him out as the House of Black, I believe Brody King, pinned at Dax Harwood to retain the trio's championships. Isn't Malachi Black in a feud with Andrade? I mean, what... Why did this match need to happen? These these guys are tag team champions. One guy has a fake world championship. Fucking hey Phil, you want to you want to go ahead and tell people maybe why you're in the predicament of being of holding the second world championship? Why'd you have to relinquish that thing other than the fact that you were injured? Weren't you suspended? Yeah. Because you say you never lost title, man. Yeah, you didn't lose it on screen. You lo- you lost it in a fight off screen. Um, so you did lose the fucking title, man. <laughs> so you shut the fuck up. But um, yeah, like I don't get at the point of any of that. I don't know why any of that happened. You're like punks overall. You know, I can say what I've been saying about his ass with the hangman situation and all that. In the whole fucking Phil situation. But at the end of the day, Collision is really good because of him, because of his influence. And, mm-hmm. you know, the vibe of Collision is what Dynamite was and should still be, but it's not. 
but um, him himself is like, dude, what are you doing? In terms of singles, you, you got yourself in like three storylines, and and you also got yourself in trio storylines. Well, the trio you're facing is in a storyline. Like, what, what are you doing? What the fuck's going on here, dude? I don't know, man. I don't know. So, yeah, man, that was the week for AEW Collision as, yeah, we're gearing up for Samoa Joe versus CM Punk and FTR versus the Young Bucks. It's nice that those guys are at least willing to work for each, work with each other. Um, exactly. First, uh, one of the matches um, on SmackDown we got was uh, AJ Styles, I, I guess, finally beat Karrion Cross in their feud. Okay. Um, LA Knight beats Top Dollar. We got some cool backstage promos um, where Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits are just... Talking about taking over SmackDown, man. I like the sound of it. Especially, you know, when we talked about it on Friday with a certain group, I guess, just taking a break. But yeah. um, I think this is going to be their opportunity to at least hold SmackDown for a while, man. I'm I excited. Think so. man. I'm cool with that. Oh, I'm super down. The street business, man. I can't street wait. Street business? Um... <laughs> uh, solo in that bitch. Xavier Woods kind of even mentioned... Uh, made fun of uh, Cedric. Uh, he kind of made fun of the Street Profits tonight on Raw. He was telling mm-hmm. Matt Riddle, the Street Profits think that they are Cedric and Shelton. That was kind of okay. funny. But uh, Edge comes out and challenges Sheamus to a 25th anniversary match. I'm hearing rumors that that's going to be Edge's last match. I, I don't know why you would... I mean, Sheamus technically, I guess, is the guy who made the light bulb go off that he could wrestle again, so maybe he wants to end it with him. I guess maybe Sheamus is one of his best friends, but I would think it'd be on a little bit of a grander stage. But, I mean, if it is in Toronto, I guess that's about as grand as it gets for Edge, being that he's from there. So, whatever way he goes, man, I wish him the best, but we'll just have to wait and see for Friday, I guess. Yeah, man, it's an interesting case with this man. I don't know what the fight doesn't like. It doesn't feel like you know his last run, man. And personally, I could be wrong, but I don't think it is, man. I think he's gonna. He might be his last run in, in the company he's in currently, but at least for a little bit, maybe a couple months. I could see him see. I could go see him have one other last run. With one of his old friends, man, in the secondary place, as Paul would say it. But Adam um, Edge Copeland. <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind Adam Copeland. I mean, he, he, they, they can make up some more shit, so I don't mind. As long as he gets to use a cool-ass fucking Alter Bird song, I don't care, man. Sucks. He's not going to be able to use the other side. Good. I think that would have been perfect for him to save to go there, but they wasted that song. Well, you know, the Judgment Day is good now, but, oh, dude, Prime Judgment Day. I'll never forget that fucking intro, man. I'll never forget it. But, um, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. Dude, Edge, fucking, like, dried hair. Dried long hair edge coming out to Alter Bridge, uh, or coming out to the other side. One of the best visuals ever. 
Oh. Oh, that's the look of of old man Edge. That was the best version of that. Because man, was he he actually he was actually cool. When he would have like half of it tied up and the other half down, coming out to fucking the other side, bro. And then you think you know me? <laughs> you never did. Never. <laughs> fucking heat, bro. Miss that shit. Oh, dude, I, I wish I could have seen him recording that, bro. Dude uh, was probably fucking working out, man. So, Austin Theory takes out Santos Escobar before their U.S. title match, and Ray steps in for Austin Theory and wins the United States Championship. Uh... So, like I'm, <laughs> I'm on the fence a little bit with this one, because, let's start with the positive. The positive okay. means, at least, best case scenario, the positive in this mm-hmm. means that WWE sees a lot in Santos Escobar as a potential top heel for them. Because the only way yeah. this goes is Santos turning on Ray and taking the U.S. championship. Because the LWO has kind of, it's kind of a little cringe for me, yeah. to be 100% honest. Like, I, I, like the, I like LDF better, um, personally. I, I would love the, the identity of the LWO. But a group like that is baby faces. It just doesn't work, man. It's just it's just glorified fan service at that point. Exactly. You gotta be a heel if you're in that type of group. It's the it's it's a bunch of it, it's it's just a what is it a, a roundabout way in in trying to sell merch, which they succeeded at. But the group is just very yeah. cringe for me. You yeah. know, it, it doesn't it doesn't do it for me, man. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. And and WWE, I guess, is and WWE WWE's end game, like I said, I guess here was just to sell a bunch of merch, which they did for a while. But um you like, know uh I, I think the group as baby faces would have worked if they had like a big enemy. But you know, the bloodline was already in a story where they were already crumbling, so you kinda had no enemy there. And it, it was too early for the herb, for, well, whatever this is going to be called, street business, I don't fucking know, to be formed yet. So they kind of just faced anybody that was heel at the time, just random tag teams and shit. If they had a, like a like a villain for their group, I think it could have worked out, but they didn't. And it was it's literally just a bunch of happy people in a group together. And I'm like, who cares? Yep, it's just a bunch of happy people that love... Doing this L W O with their hands. That's that they only do for Santos or Rey Mysterio, and if it's any of the other ones, they don't do it at all. Dude, when Vega did it in that one match, oh my god, fans didn't do it at all. That was fucking hilarious. (laughs) Silence when she did that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. It's time. I mean, the the group, 
Like I said, like I, I think Sir K brings up a great point. I think um I think one thing that would have helped this group tremendously is uh maybe jumping over to Monday Night Raw with the judgment day and uh turning you know, having them be babyface or having them run heel, you know, the only problem is you couldn't have really done a feud with the bloodline because A, they would have had to lose, or they could have won and that would have, mm-hmm. you know, aided the fall of the bloodline, but, um, you know, they, they would have had a, they could have had a nice heel faction to go up against, uh, or they needed a baby face faction to go up against and have them run as heels. I think that would have worked tremendously. But like I said, from my perspective, man, the the group is just very cringe. I mean, it's kind of just all just happy as fuck. And, just love doing the LWO chant. Decisional overing cereal, man. Uh, just it, it just doesn't fucking do it for me, man. And I and I can't wait for it for it to end. We just get, you know, Santos and his guys again. I I can't wait. And to be honest, at that point, if you've got the opportunity, kick Vega out too. She doesn't do it for me in that group either. Even when they're heels. Get Electro Lopez back. Oh, she was fantastic in that role. She was fantastic in that role. Yeah, I mean, Vega's more of a... uh, I mean, WWE's kind of treated her as more like a wrestler now than a manager. I would like somebody like Electro Lopez, who's kind of just more so a manager. And I think that would be a very nice way to, to, you know, solidify the group as a heel act, is uh, by getting the OG uh, manager for you know, uh, Legato Del Fantasma in there. I think that would have been pretty sick. I think that would have been pretty sick, man. But yeah, I mean, the group, the the group, yeah, I mean, in, in all reality, just doesn't, doesn't really do it for me, man. Doesn't really do it for me. I also think WWE's got a bad problem in doing this, but I also think WWE likes to have, like, the main guy presented as dominant and the other people in the group look like shit, like Imperium. Mm-hmm. Or like yep. um, the LWO, you have Ray and Santos who look okay, and everybody else just looks like shit. They don't give a fuck about them. You know, no, they're it's classic WWE faction booking. Yeah, either that or they're all booked decently strong, like Judgment Day and the Bloodline. And that's where WWE gets you because if they're all booked incredibly strong. That's the only thing you ever see. It's just them winning, just constantly, 24-7, i.e. the Judgment Day. You just see them 24-7. So it's like, you can never truly win with WWE booking a faction, man. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's not so much a problem of them winning all the time. Like you said, it's it's more of a problem of overexposing them. It's all you get on whatever show that they are, you know, assigned to. That's all you see from that show is them every single week. And it's, it's like, holy shit, can we get a break? Yeah, like how they did the bloodline was perfect because yeah. you underexposed them, you know, but they were booked. Well, you properly exposed them, if you ask me. I would say. I wouldn't say. Yeah. No. Well, being that they had the Raw titles and they were never on Raw, I guess you could make the argument they were underexposed, but... In reality, they were properly exposed. 
Yeah, exactly. If the only people that were kind of underexposed were like the Usos, like as a tag team doing tag team shit. Mm -hmm. But I think they did Roman perfectly, man. We saw Roman as just as much as we should have. Yeah, because he needs to show up when it matters. You can't just have him fucking show up every week and do the most pointless shit of all time. Um, You can't. But, you know, no. the bloodline was booked strong and they were in my opinion, properly exposed. Um, and it's great, but with the Judgment Day, I think where they went a little bit wrong, they're kind of starting to clean up their act now. At least I don't think we see them in NXT as much. But um, even on Raw, man, they're literally in like half of the fucking show. So... Oh, literally, man. It's like... And we were just talking about how, you know, WWE, once they find a thing, they do it constantly. Like with the... Um, we were talking about it with the... Uh, gauntlet match and i think they might have found it in factions because that's what they did with um bloodline even though i don't think they ran the bloodline story into the ground like most fans do but um once they find a group that people like it's all that show becomes and they're doing it with the judgment day on raw like they did with smackdown with you know um bloodline and that might i feel like that might be their new thing is they find a faction that people like and they just easily just lazily book a show around them. Not not discrediting either group, but it seems like it's their new thing. It's like the, the, the group is their crutch. See, that's the weird exactly. thing. That's the weird thing, and it almost, it, that's the thing that kind of, it's very, like, it's a huge Vince McMahonism for me. But, you mm -hmm. know, Triple H is a guy who wanted to create all these factions and it seems like we're seeing so many factions on the cusp of breaking up you can almost feel the vince mcmahonism in it you know like for every bloodline there is a faction that triple h work will create like this bobby lashley one and then i mean think about going into wrestlemania how much shit we heard about right bobby lashley was bringing back the hurt business all these factions didn't really show too much signs of breaking up you had judgment day you had lwo you had the wyatt six you had you know the hurt business that was supposed to reunite you had all these groups and uh, imperium yeah. And you could kind of start to see them break up one by one, right? Imperium, for no reason, has oh, an internal struggle. One, um, that one really pissed me off. Like, even, like, LWO is obviously going to break up when Santos turns. Um, Judgment Day, we all know, they're preparing them for some type of fucking breakup. Bloodlines in the middle of breaking up. Like, once WWE, whether it's factions or tag teams, once one team breaks up... They all just break up one after another. So, in conclusion, what I think WWE is seeing money in right now is I think they seen the success in, and AEW's not the AEW's not innocent of it either. Because look at Adam Cole and MJF. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. They are seeing the success and this is because of how mildly successful Sami Zayn breaking up with the bloodline was they are seeing success in groups breaking up that's what it is exactly that's the thing they discover oh people like when you know one guy kind of breaks up a group and goes on his well, not on his own but like just leaves it and implodes it oh people like it 
Oh, bet. LWO, Judgment Day, fucking doing it all, man. And yeah, it's, I think, yeah. I think, exactly, that's the new thing, man. And it's like, you know, group it's just, you know, run dry. be a cool group. Exactly. It is, bro. It is. Eventually, it's going to run dry, man. They're, they're lucky. It's new right now. But when they're doing this, probably still around media season, oh, people will be sick of it. Oh, I don't even know if I'd give them that long. Probably the end of the year. I could see, yeah. I'm being generous. Probably the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, who am I? I'm being generous with this company again. It'll be, it'll be in October. Yeah, and it... I don't know, man. I don't know. But, yeah, so... Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's very easy. It's very easy to scope out. And like I said, AEW is not innocent of it either because everybody was clamoring. AEW needs a story. AEW needs a story. So what's the best story they give us out of the year? Just so happens to be a tag team breakup story. Come on, guys. Come on. It's going to. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it's it's going to run very dry with with both companies cuz I could see AEW I could see this not being the last time AEW does it either and it's going to run very dry and it's going to bring back a resurgence of two people not a tag team feuding with each other as weird as that sounds Exactly exactly and then they also try kind of, they try to do it but no one really gave a fuck so I think they already like gave up on you know putting it on TV but the dark order they turned on Hangman. Oh, they 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 kind of pulled that reverse of it and had a tag to have the group turn on the one guy, but look what they did it with the Dark Order and nobody gave a fuck. So it's and, off TV uh, already. But... Oh yeah, Stu and Roddy yep, and Adam Cole. Didn't. Roddy and Adam Cole. Fucking. I think there's other ones in AEW too doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, what the what are we... JES. I just uh, I didn't even think about that till now, Jay. It's the new thing in wrestling, dude. Every year, every like year and a half, there's always a thing in wrestling that everybody does. And thanks to our goat, Sami Zayn. Sami Trent. He really is, man. Should have fucking won the title. I mean, yeah. But um, trying to start the trend of the of the group or tag team breakup, man. And now it's all we get. What is it, like five storylines between both companies right now? Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, bro. But here we are in August talking about this shit that everybody's going to be complaining about in a couple of months. And here we were, as as usual, scoping this shit out months in advance. Exactly, man. Man, what do you call us the... I'll have to think of a cool nickname to call us, man, but we fucking we see it before everybody else, man. We're the IWC's Visionaries. Vision. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. I gotta come up with more, but I'm a neat town. I'm bad on the spot. But we'll I'll figure one out and come Friday, I have a new slogan for you guys. So back to this scenario. Um Again, I like to see I like to see WWE um, investing in Santos, and I feel like this is gonna 
this I, I've heard Rey Mysterio has done a lot of annoying WWE about Santos being their next major Latino star. Um, I would absolutely take Santos Escobar over Damian Priest. That's just me, though. No hate to yeah. Damian Priest. I just no. I love Santos. I think Santos mm-hmm. is fantastic. Exactly. If his work as El Jefe in NXT didn't say enough, I don't know what does. Well, now he's the sensational Santos Escobar. Love it, man. Love to see mm-hmm. WWE and their nicknames that match the the person's uh, first name letter, the letter of their the first letter of their first name. Love Big it. Bronson. Big Fucking Bronson, man. sensational Santos. Fucking a dirty dom, dirty dom. Uh, let's. Yeah, I'm scared to see what's next, man. Like, why he had to be weird? Just call. You know, he, he's he's babyface for right now, so I I can understand. Right now, because he'll probably be called. So I hopefully you know, like. Who, uh, dude, who is the one I was just thinking of? You're calling fucking uh, Damien Priest Senior Money in the Bank. I'm sorry. That sounds like ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate it. It's uh, It doesn't roll off the tongue, man. But LFA does. It's a... Sensational. Does not, dude. He's not fucking Spider-Man. Why are you calling him Sensational? spectacular fucking Santos Escobar. I don't know, man. I don't know. It it doesn't doesn't make any sense, dude. Uh, WWE in their their uh, I knew that was a Vince thing as soon as I heard it. Sensational Santos. Good lord. So, oh, dude, I for me, it, it started at Big Bronson. The second I heard that, all I get in my head is a fucking picture of Vince McMahon smiling, creating that garbage-ass nickname. He's big. He's big. That is exactly what he said. Oh, he's big. Big Bronson. Oh, dude. Second Vince takes fully in charge again, they're ditching his first name. He's just going to be Big Bronson. I'm telling oh, you I now. I see it. I could see it a hundred percent. If it was twenty like nineteen, twenty twenty, oh, he'd be he'd just be Big Bronson. Yep. So, God. um, so that's the positive side of it. Twenty minutes later, that's the positive side of it. The negative side of Rey Mysterio winning the U.S. Championship, also another positive, is we finally got that fucking title off Austin Theory. But the negative to it is Ray fucking Mysterio. I love Ray, but what? Ray? Like, damn near, what, a fucking year with Austin Theory holding that fucking thing down in the fucking dirt? And just Ray Mysterio just wins it randomly on episode of SmackDown? He could have done so much stuff at, at Mania. At back, said money in the bank. It's viral. Just wait up, smack. Wait every time. 
Seriously, bro, it was it was a huge it was a huge waste of everybody's time. Um, it really was the last nine months of the title reign for Ray fucking Mysterio to take the reins from Austin Theory. Obviously, this is gonna lead to a Santos and Ray feud, which is nice to see. But what the fuck? Like, what the fuck, man? Makes no sense, dude. No, exactly, man. Exactly. Kind of needed to, you know, end a long reign like that, you know, with a big match that, you know, really makes you feel something. But, but no. Yes. I don't get it. Something with a little bit of a level of importance to it. And not to mention, this is a guy who fucking lost in the tournament to get to this match. So we ditched LA Knight. For Rey Mysterio. Oh, that's horrible. And now, now the night's just on Raw. <laughs> just now. Or kind of, he was on one Raw, but we'll talk about him when we get to Raw. But it looks like he could move SmackDown to no brand split whatsoever. <sighs> I don't know, man. And then in the final segment of the show... The bloodline, the bloodline uh, was here. Um, the bloodline was here, man. And they, um, Roman came out there, and he asked Paul Heyman, "Where's Jimmy?" Jimmy comes from the crowd or under the ring or I don't know. Bro just spawned in. I don't know where the hell he came from to be honest. Um, he was just standing on the outside, and he got in the ring, and Roman said, uh, "Hey." Seriously, Jimmy, I owe you one. Jimmy's just kind of looking at him pissed off. He's kind of just looking at him pissed off. And, and he says, uh, he tells him, um, he's, uh, Jimmy tells him, what I did on Saturday had nothing to do with you. And he, and he says, no, I don't, I don't think you quite understand, um, he tells he tells Jimmy, I don't think you quite understand. He says, I owe you one. Whatever you want, I can make it happen. You want a new car? I got it. You want a bus? You got it. A plane? You got it. You want a championship match? You got it. He tells him, um, he tell he tells him again that had nothing to do with you. And Jay comes out. Jay comes out there and he says, You uh he says, You better explain this to me before I throw away thirty seven years. If you do not explain to me why you did uh, why you did what you did, Jimmy says, "I did what you did because I was scared. I was scared of what was going to happen to the Usos. I was scared that if you got that championship and became Tribal Chief, you were gonna uh, you were gonna get a big head. You were gonna become power hungry. You you were going to um, you uh, you were going to come in." Uh, become a manipulating lying asshole like Roman Reigns. Meanwhile, Roman's standing in the corner and he's smiling when these two are arguing, but whenever they say something about him, he just gets mad as fuck, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> um dude. <laughs> so oh he's fucking fantastic. So so he, he so Jimmy says I did it because I was scared. I do not want you to turn into Roman Reigns. 
fucking Roman standing in the background and you could hear him just saying, Ugh, just kick him, Jay. Just kick him. Just kick him. Fucking hilarious, bro. Absolutely hilarious. Oh. I love it, man. That man Roman, he he knows what he's doing, man. So So Jay Um so Jay just doesn't really say anything. He kinda just kind of just stares at him and Jimmy walks away. Roman just starts dying laughing behind Jay as he's watching Jimmy walk away. He just starts cracking up and he's just hysterically laughing for no fucking good reason. And he tells Jay, he says, little Jay, I, I guess the only thing left to do is acknowledge me. And he fucking Jay turns around and super kicks him in the face. Uh, he takes he takes uh, Solo and Roman out uh, by himself. He calls for Jimmy to come back up the stage. He uh, he opens his arm for a hug. Jimmy walks towards him for a hug, and Jay super kicks him. And he says, "Um, he says uh, I quit. He says I'm out the bloodline." I'm out of SmackDown. I'm out of WWE. Deuces. Ooses. And he walks away. And he walks through the crowd, actually. And um, mm. that was that, bro. That was that, man. A lot of people are giving up on the Bloodline story. They think that that reason was absolutely atrocious. And I absolutely disagree with that. Uh, I do not understand these things. They give up when the story is, you know, interesting and there's a story and there's legitimate reasons for the characters to do what they're doing. But in the middle of the Bloodline story, when there wasn't even a story at that point, when it was just Roman having guys win matches for him for a fucking year, it was the, people yeah. fucking loved it. Yeah, it was the... Like... It was yeah. the... That was the stat padding part of his run. Bro was just, it was just a year of just burial. Like, that year was pure dog shit. I don't care what anybody says. What came after was amazing. And obviously, you needed a year like that to, you know, have, you know, what came. Even though, you know, you could have told some stories in there, but, but they didn't. And for that year, it was dog shit. I wanted it to end. We, we all wanted it to end. Well... I did. You did. Most of our audience did. But most of the fans ate that shit up then. But now, when you get an interesting story that's, you know, about the breakup that you've waited for all these years, now you check out? Uh, uh, what do you want? What, the, what do you want? Like, no shit. Roman shouldn't be champ anymore. Exactly. Like, I get it. Should Roman still have the, those world titles or that world title? No, he shouldn't. He should be titleless in this story, but he's not. At the end of the day, oh well. But Cody lost. We didn't get the Sammy match. Oh well. It's in the past. You can only move on from here. So, and they're moving on. And you're mad about that? What do you want to do? Just relinquish it? Lose it at some fucking summer scam? I don't get these fans, dude. I really don't. You know, Roman, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense at all why people 
um, are giving up now on the bloodline um, and their dominance. Like Sir K just said, you don't think in the middle of that 2021 run that it was time to give the fuck up? I'm talking about boring, boring feuds, fucking meaningless title matches. Just it was just a default Roman Reigns victory. Now we're getting matches where they're unpredictable, yet he still wins. We're in the part of his title reign where um, we're in the part of his title reign where this man is genuinely like the greatest final boss that this company has ever fucking seen. We're in that part. Meanwhile, we sat through the part in 2021 where, like I said, this man was just stat padding. He was just merely holding the titles just to build up days <laughs> till we get to 1,000. That was it. Now we're here, and you hate it. And what exactly about Jimmy's reasoning was stupid to you people? What What did you want him to say is my question. Because I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, okay, <laughs> well, my if my brother did that to me, or, or I don't, I, I, I wouldn't understand why my brother would let me win the world championship. He just fucking told you why. Because he doesn't want Jay to become the tribal chief and act like Roman. He does not want to lose his brother like how they lost their cousin to power. Is that... Like... 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 Storyline-wise... He literally, the reason he gave was the most logical. That's the reason I wanted him to give, because it's the only one that makes sense. He did it, not only to, you know, exactly, not only to not make, you know, Jay turn into Roman, but you could easily patch it up an argument with, you know, your brother. But if your brother becomes an entirely different person, like Roman Reigns, like what happened with Roman, he's gone. (laughs) That man is going for years, you know, mentally. So he made the right choice. He did what was should have been done. And everybody's mad at the reason. And they're giving up on the story. You give up now? You didn't give up when it was actually dog shit? You give up now? Give up now. I don't get it, man. This is like fickle 101. It really is. I mean, like now more than ever, dude. Oh, exactly, dude. Literally half the fans that are that don't like this wanted him to retain at Mania, and he did. And now you hate that he's still champ and still doing the storyline. What do you people want? What do you want? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't fuck. I don't know what you wanted the fucking man to do. I, I don't know what you wanted the man to do. Like the whole, the whole reason. You know, the bloodline, the the whole reason I'm the whole reason I actually don't really mind Roman Reigns. Um the whole reason I don't really mind, I mean, would I've what do I think he should have lost the titles at WrestleMania? Yes, I do. But right. do um do I mind him not having the bloodline when he does lose the championships? I don't mind it at all because the bloodline's the whole reason he kept the championships. So when he loses the championships, when he does not have any more bloodline, the 
amount of harsh reality and rock bottom that his character is, no pun intended, that the hit is going to be fantastic. And then we can start his babyface arc as a um, as a babyface because he will realize will realize why his success came to him because of the bloodline. It makes sense, dude. It makes sense. Um, I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not saying he, I'm not, I'm not saying I, I wanted him to win at Mania. I thought he should have, I thought he should have lost, but is it completely stupid to keep the championships on him? Not completely, just half. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, there, there is some good reasonings that can go behind him keeping the championships, not for Cody's story, but for his, you know, so. No, exactly. But at this I point, I, I, I didn't give a shit about Cody's story going into Mania this year, so uh, it's not like I cared about the Cody side anyway. Exactly. Yeah, we were the we were the we were the two motherfuckers on here saying saying singing Sami Zayn's praises, and nobody wanted to listen to us. So that's what it is. I'll still sing his praises to this fucking day. Um, and now everybody saying it should have been Sami. Exactly. Uh, what do we know? Um, so it's always right (laughs) before people, uh, other people come up with this shit. Yeah. I want adversity, but I want Cody Rhodes. If you want fucking adversity, well, how the fuck don't you want Sami Zayn in that scenario? Anyways, we'll, we'll be talking about this shit for years. This is a never ending argument, but dude, I don't understand how, how you how you have the audacity to give up on this shit now? I really don't. I mean, it's and they, they're. I'm sure they seen that, and they are even going to give people a little bit of a break that are saying it's getting stale. It's getting stale. We haven't told the story of the wise man and and Roman Reigns drifting apart. We uh, and before we even get to that, we haven't even fucking told the story of Solo Sokoa. And Roman Reigns drifting apart. Oh, so what the fuck? What? What do you mean? What do you mean it's growing oh, stale? Yeah, there's yeah. so there's so many layers that Jimmy and Jay can tell themselves. Let alone the Roman side of it. I mean, there's just so much more to tell, and I don't get how people don't see that. No, exactly. I don't understand that. I really don't. And I, I hope they know. That Paul Heyman is right when he when he said they just started. What did he say? They just started the fourth. Bottom. They're at it's the bottom. It's true. Of they still Bottom of the third, man. So, there are many more to go. You still got so many t- loose ends to tie up, man. Yeah, man. They just gave up. Giving up, dude, for the fucking dumbest reasons imaginable. So stupid. Like, honestly, what did you want Jimmy Uso to say here? What? <laughs> huh. I, I don't even know bro. I, I have no clue yeah man so Monday Night Raw opens up with the Judgment Day as uh, they come out there without Finn Balor uh, Damian uh, Rhea Ripley was talking about the group and their dominance and how they mon- run Monday Night Raw Damian Priest said uh, yeah he mentioned how Finn Balor should be out here with them he mentioned how Finn Balor should be out there with them and he said, um, 
he mentioned how communication is clearly a problem in the judgment day. Rhea tried to get him to shut up and he kind of started bickering with her and he told her, no, no, there, there's, there's no need for that. He says, he said, there, there's no need for that because he said, there's no need for that because, um, the judge, um, the people see it. There's no secret. Uh, there's problems with the judgment day. So he kind of openly talked about that as J.D. McDonough came out and he told and he told the Judgment Day on Finn Balor's behalf um, that uh, they just need to worry about Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn. Those are their main two problems for tonight. Um, Damien told him to shut up and that this was Judgment Day business. Rhea told him the same thing and J.D. kind of backed off. He didn't want no problems. And then Sammy came out and started fighting JD because of what happened last week as he wanted the Judgment Day's help, but they just stood there and watched him get his ass beat. Like, dude, I say it every week. How can you make fucking Damian Priest a babyface out of all this? That man JD McDonough is genuinely trying to help your group just strategize and to, to come together. And you're just, oh yeah, you ain't in this group. Get the fuck out of my face. Like, bro, how are you going to make him the fucking baby face? I, I don't understand, bro. I really don't. Doesn't make a lick of sense. It does not make a lick of fucking sense. Adam Pierce is trying to get Chelsea Green to hand over the Women's Tag Team Championships. Chelsea says no. She says she's going to hold auditions for her next tag team partner. She's going to call it Chelsea's Got Talent. Casey Catanzaro and I always fucking almost call her Lacey Lane. Well, that's the Casey Catanzaro is not even her name. Katana Chance and uh... Uh, I don't even know her name anymore. Oh, my God. Katana Chance and Caden uh, Carter. Caden Carter. That's what it is. Katana Chance and Caden Carter come in the room and they start talking. They start talking to um, Chelsea. They say, whenever you find your partner, we want the next shot. K- uh, Katana gets knocked down and it is Piper Niven. She comes into the office, finally makes her fucking long-awaited return for no reason, um, and grabs the championship off of Chelsea Green's arm, and she says, I'm your new partner. Chelsea says, well, I was going to hold auditions. Piper says, no, you're not understanding what I'm telling you. I'm your new partner. Chelsea says, oh, okay, and they walk away. Logic. Put her on the champions list. Oh my god, they did. She, oh, yep, she's officially the champ on their website now, too. By just grabbing the title and putting it on her shoulders. Good fucking god. I, I was curious, and I just checked. Yep, literally on the website, she's already listed as, as the champ. Holy fucking shit. What a, what a memorable first title on the main roster. How did you win your first title on the main roster? Well, I walked up to Chelsea Green and I put it over my shoulder and I was the champ. What the fuck? So with that logic, I'm going to, after we get done on this, um, after we get done doing Unscripted, I'm going to walk out into my fucking living room and I'm going to grab my WWE World Heavyweight Championship 
and fucking Roman Reigns' 1,000-plus-day reign is going to fucking go up in smoke. Just because I put it over my shoulder. She literally just put it over her shoulder, and she's literally our the champ in their fucking website. That's insane. <sighs> Adam Pierce could have at least had Chelsea find a partner, and they're going to do a tag team championship match. You know, for the vacated yeah, titles. Even not if that, because, you know, that's, that's you know too much wrestling probably for this company but um they they, they could have just been like oh yeah you want to be your partner well you'd be partners but you're not a, you're not going to be a champ until you do one defense with it so you're going to need to do a match first anything she literally just grabbed it and is champion now that's insane yeah well yeah that's that's what i was like alluding to like you know vacate the title vacate them and just put chelsea and Piper in a match against Caden and Katana, and they could have just done something like that. Um, or, Sorry. I mean, there's a fuck ton of tag teams out. Whatever happened to Alba Fire and Isla Dawn? Whatever happened to them? Obscurity. I guess, dude. So. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. So, yeah, she grabbed the title, put it over her shoulder, and she's the champ, I guess. Uh, Sami Zayn oh, defeated J.D. McDonough. Finn Balor came out and tried to help, but he ended up, um, he, well, he didn't cost J.D. J.D. went for a backflip. Sammy caught him with big boots. Finn went to hop on the apron. Hey, Sammy hit him off, hit J.D. with the haluva kick. And then he beat him. I'm telling you, man, the way they should really turn this, bro, is have JD replace Finn Balor in the Judgment Day. I think they should do yeah, that. I like that a lot, man. Especially with as much as a fucking prick that fucking um, Priest is being to him. It'd be cool if that was just a sort of the whole time. And he was just fucking with Finn. I would like that. I would like that a lot. I think that'd be a great swerve. Um, Gunther is on top of the announce table cutting a promo about Chad Gable and this and that. Chad Gable comes out. Chad Gable comes out, uh, cuts a promo back on Gunther. Apparently they're having their match next week. Just fucking uh, classic WWE. Let's just throw a match together on TV, man. You know, you know they love to do it, man. Yeah, so... Ludwig gets in the ring and starts being a fucking weirdo again to uh, Maxine Dupree. Um, he tells he tells her that he thinks him and her are uh, elegance, and she needs to be with some European elegance or something like that. And him and her are, you know, classy or something like that. And she needs to stop hanging around with these embarrassments, and then she slaps him. What are the odds they fucking have Maxine Dupree join Imperium? Dude, I wouldn't be shocked, but that sounds so garbage. God, that sounds bad. Um, Which is so yeah, weird. I don't like really going. 
that he's flirting with her because Ludwig dates Tiffany Stratton. You never know, man. He could be fooling the same Guevara, man. You never know not as these days, but uh, still, it's like, why are you having an act like a fucking creep? I like fucking walking up close to her and talking like a freak. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Really weird. Really fucking weird. Um, so then Gable has a match with, um, Gable has a match with Giovanni Vinci, and he beats him, and then after this, Gunther challenges Otis to a match, and then Gunther beats Otis, so that was that. After the match, uh, a little bit later in the night, there was a backstage segment where Imperium seemed to be, uh, not on the same page or arguing, because... Um, Gunther doesn't think that they've, uh, Gunther thinks they've been taking this, uh, as a joke lately. Dude, don't you fucking do it, man. You can break up all the fucking groups you want. Imperium is not fucking one of them. This group should not be allowed to break up for a long time. Seriously, you haven't even scratched the surface with their potential. Um, Marcel Barzell and Fabian Eichner are like one of the best tag teams that you have on your roster. And you do nothing with them but have them be Gunther's henchmen. And it sucks. No, exactly, man. I I hate what they're doing. They're fucking... They're, they're prime... Not prime. I always call it... I always try to call it prime, but like... Prime bad bloodline in it, where the the tag team of the group is literally just the main guy's lackeys. And I, I hate when they do that shit. I hate when factions do that. Yeah. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, uh, The Miz hints at uh, moving over to Smack, or going over to SmackDown to confront L.A. Knight. Uh, L.A. Knight was not on the show tonight. I don't know how the hell they're going to do this feud. Just can you please fucking move L.A. Knight over to Monday Night Raw so he can do something um, for the love of God. Um, and yeah, that was that. Was that. Um, Drew McIntyre then had a word with Jackie where he couldn't get a word out before Matt Riddle came up and asked and told him he uh, had a mystery tag team partner and he would love if Drew was his partner for his match against the Viking Raiders. And every time Drew went to speak, he cut him off. And, yeah, we never heard McIntyre speak. Um, We get to the match, and Drew and Riddle beat the Viking Raiders as they were calling themselves the Glasbros. Pretty cool. And then, I think it was cool on commentary. They said that they should be called the Scottish Highlanders. Oh, yeah, I did hear him say that. Yeah, shit's funny as hell, bro. Um, after the match, after the match, Matt Riddle asked Drew McIntyre if they can team, um, if they can team again. He asked Drew McIntyre if they can team again, and, um, uh, for a match against the New Day, because they were confronted by the New Day, and... Before Drew went to speak, he just accepted the challenge for him, and that was that. Interesting, man. It's interesting what they're doing with McIntyre. I'm intrigued to see where they go. Me too, man. Me too, for sure. Me too. I'm I'm very excited to see if they... I'm very excited to see if they... uh, 
turn heel, uh, turn him heel, and I'm very excited to see where that can go with his character. Exactly. And, and see if uh, that will get him to stay in WWE. <laughs> At this point, I fucking doubt it. I doubt it. it. Especially because if all of this is building up to, if all of this is, if, if WrestleMania season, like as a heel, WrestleMania season is not going to build up to Drew McIntyre. I feel like it's going to build up to Gunther getting the shot Mm -hmm. at the, at the world heavyweight championship. So I just don't, I I I don't I don't know what I don't know what I what I see for his future on Monday Night Raw as, as a heel. I, I I just don't know. Well, I really have no clue what he's going to do as a heel because I don't think it's going to be doing too much. I think I think that's the real reason why McIntyre was saying in those interviews why he doesn't want to turn heel. I think the real reason is not just that you know he wants it to make sense, but like that's true. But like. After you turn heel, what do you do? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they probably have no clue, and that's probably why he doesn't really want to do it. I could see that. I could see that for sure. For sure, man. So, um, yeah, so WWE builds Indy Hartwell up all night. They play some wonderful video packages for her and introducing her to the WWE audience, and then she just loses to Rhea Ripley in like four or five minutes. It never fails, dude. I would have liked if you maybe, you know, fucking gave her a li- little bit of a chance. But what boggles my mind is she was the NXT Women's Champion, and they took that belt off of her to bring them to bring her to the main roster to proceed to have her do nothing. Meanwhile, she could have had a whole run with the NXT Women's Championship. Exactly, man. I I don't understand their their thought process behind any of this. Me neither, bro. Me fucking neither. So, um, after this, after this, we got uh, Nakamura. Um, we got Nakamura and Seth out here. Um, Nakamura just spoke in Japanese, so we didn't hear a lick of what he said. Um, he just spoke in Japanese as Michael Cole asked him questions. Seth came out there, talked about how they had a bunch of respect for each other, and he said, if your attack last week was a challenge, then you're accepted. He tells Shinsuke, you name the time, you name the place, and we'll do this. Shinsuke whispers something in his ear, and, um... He left. Seth Rollins looked very distraught after hearing what Shinsuke said, and then uh, he was met with another Kinshasa from Nakamura. So that was that. He probably told him the CM Punk news, I'm assuming. He probably told him what he said about Hangman and that he was kicking people out of Dynamite, and Seth was just like, what? What the hell? And then he got Kinshasa. He should have. He should have just said, I'll be your CM Punk. Or... You know, he could, maybe he said, I'm booking your wife. Maybe that's why, maybe that's what made him so upset, man. Maybe he realized it was Shinsuke that's been booking this Becky Lynch stuff recently. Maybe that's what upset him so much. I wonder what the fuck it's, dude, I know the storyline reason it's going to be so stupid. It's going to be some stupid random shit. But like, 
It's, it's just so funny. That just created so many jokes for me, man. Just whispering in his ear and he just gets all fucking shocked and shit. He just told him the fucking punk news. He probably did. He's probably like, Sean Ross Sapps reported that none of this stuff is a work. And punk, punk said that stuff about Hangman is a shoot. And then he was like, oh shit. He, I heard Paul backstage talking about how he's going to scrap the Becky feud soon. If they don't pop ratings. Oh my god. The feuds. Hey, oh no, yeah, he probably told them the Becky and Trish feud isn't gonna end tonight. <laughs> and that's oh. why he fucking <laughs> just... <laughs> that's what he fucking told them. That the feud's gonna fucking continue on. Fucking A, dude. <sighs> yeah, he... He probably told him something crazy. The bloodline's gonna be taking a little bit of time off. Paul, Paul, Paul <laughs> Triple H Levesque said the original plans was for LA Knight to cash in on you at SummerSlam. Oh my god. What? That man was distraught, and then he just got a Kinshasa, <laughs> and that was that. Oh, sort of god, man. That was the reaction that fucking of fucking hangman being told to go home that one night. Oh my god. <laughs> We're not gonna film your promo here. <laughs> Just fucking getting all distraught. They, they created so many jokes at that. Why did they do that stupid ass fucking little thing? <sighs> Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. Oh dude, the fucking You people the highlight. Holy shit, or lack thereof, bro. You fucking people wanted this shit on SummerSlam. This ends in a fucking double countout. I'm sorry. What? Oh, oh my god. I'm fucking yawning thinking about this match. So you... Hold on. So, so you made us wait two weeks after SummerSlam to end this feud, and you have this end in a double countout, and then you promote a steel cage match after this? I gotta see this shit even longer. In in a steel cage, dude, I hate WWE steel cage matches. Dude, they're, they're... The, literally, this storyline included, we're doing a steel cage match to keep her out. I'm sick of it. In every single cage match, the person finds a way to help the person that is in the match. Not literally. like there's a giant hole on the top or a door or anything. Or a door that they always open and, you know, slam. Then Zoe Stark's definitely not going to slam the door on Becky or something or throw weapons over for Trish or, like, just dude, scrap the fucking match, dude. Put a roof on it or something. Do do something interesting with it. Seriously, seriously, like bro. Any of these, we're gonna jump off the fucking thing. Just put a roof on it. A fucking double countout. Oh god, I'm yawning again thinking about this garbage. You people wanted this on SummerSlam. How stupid do you look now? 
fucking it's just trash man horrendous they go up into the into the backstage or the they go up into the stands you know they're out walking in the arena becky's about to give her a manhandle slam and zoe comes and they give her a chick kick and that was it uh, fucking bore yeah. snooze fest yeah unfortunately that's not it for the feud just the match and the main event was Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor. Uh, Finn Balor went to have Damian Priest hand him the briefcase again. Damian slid it in the ring, and it went right through Finn's legs and right into Cody's hands. Cody hit Finn with the briefcase, hit Damian with the briefcase, threw it on the outside, um, threw it on the outside, and uh, gave Finn a crossroads and picked up the victory. The Judgment Day then attack Cody Rhodes. Sami Zayn came out with a chair to even the odds, and right as he went to hit Damian Priest with the chair, J.D. McDonough came and saved the group, and there was a moment where Finn was standing between... There was a moment where Finn was standing between Damian and J.D., and Finn kind of shrugged his shoulders like, hey, maybe he, uh, maybe he is... Pro- uh, maybe he's trying to prove his worth to you. As the Judgment Day continued the beat down as JD stood back from uh, the corner and outside of the ring and watched them uh, just take apart uh, Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes. So that's how the show went off the air. And that was that, man. So I don't know. I could definitely see the little innuendos and Finn having to choose between JD and Damien, you know, just with that symbolism of him standing in between the both of them. But goddamn, how the fuck do you make Damian Priest the babyface out of this situation, dude? I just, I, I will refuse to see it. No, I refuse. Dude has been a prick since he fucking won the thing, and there's no way you can make him a babyface, man. But they go the good route. I think it'll end up being really good, but they might go the bad route, man. So I hopefully they make the right choice, man. But either way, it's, it's been interesting, man. Definitely, bro. Definitely, man. So, yeah, man. And that is that was everything for Monday Night Raw, bro. That was everything for Monday Night Raw. And that was everything for the week of wrestling, man. So, with that, that is going to do it for this edition of Notorious Unscripted, man. This has been episode 156 of Unscripted, man. And with that, that has been everything for this week of wrestling. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it has been always, always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And I, Sir K. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Heels Podcast, another great edition of Notorious Unscripted. Ladies and gentlemen, please like, comment, and subscribe, and we will see you guys with what should be a pretty pretty interesting episode of the news this Friday. Peace.